Hello fellow worshippers, welcome back to the Linwood Worship Podcast, a podcast where I, AJ, share with you some thoughts about the whys behind what we're doing on Sunday when we lead our people in worship. The goal is not just to expand your mind and help you get more knowledge. Ultimately, we want to kindle your passion. We want to help you to be more oriented towards Jesus. So, the past two weeks, we've been looking at the fourfold pattern of worship, that is gathering word, table, and sending. This is a historical and biblical pattern that the church has used as a guide for the order of events in a worship service. Two weeks ago, we dug into the specific ways our service reflects the pattern and some of the theological reasoning behind it, as well as how we see that pattern even in regular social interactions like a dinner party. And then last week, we saw how that pattern is reflected in Scripture through the story of the Emmaus Road encounter in the book of, in the book of Luke chapter 24. This week, we're going to go back even further in the history of God's people to see how this fourfold order is reflected in one of the earliest worship gatherings recorded. But first, as a reminder, the fourfold order consists of four essential movements. The first gathering is where God gathers his people together. Important here is that God is the one who initiates worship. The second word is is where God speaks to his people by his word, revealing himself to them and giving them instructions for covenant living. The third table is where the people of God celebrate and reenact the saving work of Jesus at the Lord's Supper. And then finally, sending is where God sends out his people into the world to live faithful lives of worship. So this fourfold pattern is seen in Exodus 24, verses 1 through 12, which says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, Everything the Lord has said we will do. Then Moses wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up twelve stone pillars representing the twelve tribes of Israel. And then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like pavement made of lapis lazuli and as bright as the sky. But... God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, and stay here. I will give you the tablets of stone, with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. So in verses 1 and 2, we see clearly the gathering movement. 
God spoke to Moses and invited him and the elders up to the mountain to worship him. This is what we believe occurs in worship. God initiates our encounter with him and we see it in the gathering from God, or sorry, in the greeting from God where we hear God's word of welcome to the body of Christ. In verses 3 through 7, we see the word movement of the fourfold pattern. Verse 3 says, Moses went and told the people God's words and laws. In verse 7, we see Moses took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. This movement is reflected in our services through the reading and preaching of God's word. In verses 9 through 11, we see the table movement of the fourfold pattern. Moses and the elders went up on the mountain and they saw the Lord in a dazzling display. This image to me is insane. They see God on the mountain and God does not destroy them. And then in the end of verse 11, almost as a throwaway sentence, Exodus says that they ate and drank. God invited them into his real presence. It doesn't say they fell down in worship or in fear or shielded their eyes from his glory. It says they had a meal. This is what happens in communion. God invites us into his real presence and we eat and drink. This verse also begs another question. What did they eat? That answer is found earlier in the passage where Exodus says that the Israelite men offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as a fellowship offering to the Lord. It was common practice that those sacrificed animals would be eaten. So, put bluntly, God invited his people up to the mountain into his presence and they ate wood-fired beef. Barbecue. They had a barbecue. I love the idea of eating tri-tip and brisket with God. I can't imagine a better meal. But, the partaking of the sacrifice animal points us even more clearly to communion wherein we partake in the sacrifice body and blood of Christ. Now, finally, in this passage, the sending movement is reflected, but admittedly not as clearly as in the other movements. We see it in verse 12 when God invites Moses further up the mountain. And then we look further into Exodus 25, the following chapter, that when Moses was up there with God, God was giving him instructions to share with the people about how to live lives of covenant faithfulness to God. In our sending practice, we are given God's blessing and we're sent out into the world to do just that, to live faithful lives of worship to God. So this passage gives us a great example of how God relates to his people. It shows us that there is a common pattern. He gathers us, he speaks to us, he nourishes us, and he sends us out to live for him. So two questions I would like you to consider before rehearsal tonight. First, was there anything new to you in this passage that stuck out to you? And then second, which of these four movements do you think we celebrate the most clearly in our services? And which do you think is represented the weakest in our gatherings?